All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Ginelli. Happy Easter 2022. Today, April the 17th. And we are wrapping up the weekend that was around Major League Baseball. We are down to just the Sunday night baseball game between the Padres and the Atlanta Braves. Currently, we have 2-1 bottom seventh. Padres in the lead. And... I want to get to a, touch on a few things and um, you know, show some concerns for a couple of teams and show some excitement about a couple of other teams. And I'm going to go on the negative side a little bit here, and I want to start by talking about the New York Yankees because today the Yankees lost to the Baltimore Orioles five to uh, five to nothing, coming on the strength of a five-run eighth inning by the Baltimore Orioles and. You know, they lose two out of three. And one thing's for certain. And one thing that has really shown the difference between winning and losing the American League East has been the ability to beat the Baltimore Orioles. And, you know, you you see one thing here um, about how, you know, the other teams of the division... And this is a tweet. This is a tweet uh, from Bob Nightingale, and I know you could say, "Oh, well, it's Bob Nightingale," but he, he's he's pointing out facts here. Since September first, twenty twenty, the Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays have combined to go fifty three and fifteen against the Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees, with their loss, are now sixteen and thirteen over their last twenty nine games against Baltimore. And that's just not acceptable. That's just not a way to win a division in which you have four talented ball clubs. You know the Tampa Bay Rays are always going to be there. The Toronto Blue Jays have shown an incredible lineup. And the Boston Red Sox, well, I don't know what to make of them because I'm I'm pretty concerned about their pitching. Um, They have a good lineup, and they're going to score some runs. And... It's really going to be challenging for the New York Yankees if they're not able to beat up on the Baltimore Orioles. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, today, you're looking, at, you're looking at getting shut out. And over the first 10 games of the season, the Yankees have scored just 30 runs. Now, they haven't allowed that many runs. Their pitching has been fantastic. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But today they managed just four hits. And Aaron Hicks had one. DJ LeMahieu had two hits. And the other hit belonged to Kyle Higashioka. And then they imploded in the eighth. And look, this man's been terrific for the Yankees. He's been one of their more trusted relievers. Jonathan Lewisaga, Um just didn't get the job done today. And you know he's gonna have, you're going to have days like that as a reliever and you know today was one of those days and especially when your offense isn't scoring any runs there's no support for the starting pitcher there's no support for any of the relievers and it puts extra pressure because now they feel like they have to be picture perfect with every single pitch because they can't they can't afford to give up a run and right now the Yankees are sitting at 5-5 five and five after losing 2 out of 3. Now, obviously, 10 games in, 
there is absolutely no reason to panic. But there are certain trends that are alarming, right? So you look at you so you look at the American League East. The Toronto Blue Jays have scored 42 runs. The Boston Red Sox have scored 42 runs. The Rays the Rays have scored 44 runs. Now, again, all is not lost because not one team has broken away from the pack yet. You know, the Blue Jays and you know, Blue Jays are 6 and 4. The Red Sox are 5 and 4. The Yankees and Rays are 5 and 5. So all is not like so all is not lost. But at the same time, you're looking at it and it's like, well, I mean, we have to, I mean, we just have to get it going because their offense has just been abysmal. And it's basically what it was last year. And you look at, I mean, you look at some of the stats, you look at some of the, the, the numbers that these guys are hitting. And it's just... I I don't I don't even know what to say because it's like you know certain guys have to get it going and you wonder if certain pressures are if certain pressures are hitting the Yankees right now. So I mean you look at you and you look at a guy like Joey Gallo, you know, he's been awful. Joey Gallo is batting 138. He's 4 for 29 this year. He has no RBIs. He's played all 10 games. Joey Gallo has not driven in a single run in 10 games. Aaron Judge is 9 for 35 to start the year. He has one home run, one RBI. He's batting 257 right now. And Aaron Judge, you know, we have much talked about the contract that, you know, he didn't that he didn't sign, you know, right before the season started. And it's you wonder if it's getting to his head a little bit because because he's just not he's just not performing at all. You know the one guy you could say who has done some damage here, and even he's batting two twelve, is Anthony Rizzo. Now he and Giancarlo both have eight RBIs, but it's a dead runaway. Sixteen of the thirty runs the Yankees have scored have been driven in by either Giancarlo Stanton or Anthony Rizzo. Giancarlo has two home runs. He's 10 for 38, batting 263. Anthony Rizzo is 7 for 33, batting 212. And the strikeout numbers are ridiculous. Josh Donaldson, one home run, three RBIs. He's batting 200. He struck out 15 times in 40 at-bats. Giancarlo has struck out 13 times in 38 at-bats. Uh, Joey Gallo has struck out 11 times in 29 at-bats. Aaron Judge 10 times in 35 at-bats. So they're striking out at an absurd rate. And they're just not fun to watch. Their offense is just a boring, bad product. And And that's setting up for a very, very long summer for the Yankees. It really is. Now, on the positive side... They have gotten some terrific pitching and no better than Nestor Cortez. Five innings pitched, 12 strikeouts for Nasty Nestor. He was absolutely fantastic. He gave up three hits. He walked one. 
Um, and again, struck out 12 against the Orioles today. And you know, he's been he's been a revelation. You know, he was he was very solid for the Yankees a year ago. And you know, pitching to a 2 a 290 ERA, a mix between the starting rotation and the bullpen. He made 22 22 appearances, 14 starts last year. And struck out 103 batters in 93 innings. So, I mean, you have to be you have to be extremely happy about you know Nestor Cortez and and the way he's throwing the baseball right now, and you know and behind Garrett Cole, there's not a whole heck of a lot in the Yankee rotation, and Garrett Cole hasn't been all that great to begin the season. Now I'm not going to go out there and say Garrett Cole's been awful. No Yankee pitcher has really been awful at this point, but they're pitching to this Im- immense pressure. Like I said about the bullpen, these starters too are dealing with the immense pressure of not being able to give up a run because the offense isn't backing them up. Like, if, you, if you're pitching with a 6 nothing lead, you know you can attack the zone a little more freely. You know, one mistake, a solo home run isn't going to kill you. Now, a solo home run's basically everything because you're afraid of getting behind. And if you're afraid of getting behind, that means you're in deep trouble. And their offense has been basically non-existent to start 2021. I mean, you're averaging three runs per game in the first 10. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. I mean, there are teams that are, that are, that are worse. I mean, the, the Orioles scored 21 runs. Kansas City scored 25 runs. Um... You know, there, I mean, there's not many. Arizona scored 21 runs. But those are teams that you expect on being at the bottom of the standings. Not a team that's supposed to have championship aspirations every single year. And a roster that's constructed so poorly that they might not make it out of the wild card game, wild card round if, you know, they get in at all. And the American League is going to be very competitive this year. Between the three compet the compet the three competitors in the American League East with the Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays, you know whether it's the LA Angels if their pitching can hold up and they're a team I want to talk about in a little while, whether it's the Houston Astros who we know that they're always there and they're another team I want to talk about Justin Verlander in a little bit as well, oh you know or the Seattle Mariners who are off to a bit of a slow start, but um, you know we expect them to pick it up and we expect them to be able to finally end their playoff drought. Remember, the Seattle Mariners have not made the playoffs since 2001, um, you know, when they broke the all-time wins record, uh, winning 118 games that year. I mean, when 116. Ichiro was the rookie of the year. Ichiro was the MVP. And they... Are going? They're going to get it. They're going to get it together. I mean, they haven't been, you know, they've scored thirty nine runs, allowed thirty five. So they're, they're another team, a little bit sluggish offensively. But again, it's the it's the middle of April. You know, we're ten games in. Um, you're you're either nine or ten games in at this point. Um, the only team that's played, you know, the only team that's played eleven in baseball are the Washington Nationals, and actually the Braves 
will have played the Braves and Padres will have played eleven upon completion of tonight's game, uh, because both the Braves and the Padres currently sit at five and five. Uh, but the Nationals are four and seven, and even they have scored forty four runs. They've scored fourteen more runs than the New York Yankees. The Washington Nationals issue is they've they've given up sixty, which is most in baseball. You know, they've given up the most runs in all of baseball because their pitching is absolutely atrocious. The Yankees can carry themselves to a good season with good pitching, and that's what they have right now. Now, will Brian Cashman tinker and make some upgrades throughout the season? Of course he will. But he's also going to have to look at the lineup as well because they're not producing, and there does not seem to be a way out of this anytime soon. Now, they're going to Detroit. To start a series with the Detroit Tigers, uh, starting on Tuesday, they have the they have the off day tomorrow, in between traveling from Baltimore to Detroit, but they have to get it going offensively, and you know the old adage is you can't win a championship in April, but you could, or you can't win a division in April, but you could certainly lose it, and if they continue to play this way, and a, and a team in the division starts to get hot. You could be looking up, and you could be looking at being in big trouble, um, because, like I said, whoever doesn't win the American League East is going to be in a dogfight for some of these wild card spots. Remember, you get the th- the three wild card spots this year. Um, you get six teams in the postseason in each league, and that extra wild card could come and become beneficial to the New York Yankees. So we'll see what happens there. But again, it- it's very concerning times if you're a Yankee fan. Um, that's for sure. Uh, team number two that I want to talk about that have really that's really gotten off to a slow start um, is the Philadelphia Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies came into the year with this lineup that is just going to be one of the best in baseball, and you know with with Bryce Harper, the reigning MVP, Nicholas Castellanos, the free agent signing from the Reds, signing Kyle Schwarber to a four-year deal. Um, and they've got they've got real issues because their pitching hasn't been great. And no more and no more evident today than Zach Wheeler getting completely shelled by the Miami Marlins. You know, Zach Wheeler was absolutely horrendous. He was decent against the Mets. He was okay. He got the loss, but he wasn't terrible. In his, in his season debut, uh, he went four and two thirds. He only allowed one earned run, but the Mets were able to win that game. Today, against the Marlins, Zach Wheeler only completed three innings. He gave up eight hits, seven earned runs. He walked three, he struck out three. And you're reading reports already that his velocity is absolutely down. And that is going to be. Um, a real, real problem for the Philadelphia Phillies because they're trusting him to be the ace of the staff. You know, Aaron Nola is not... He's not somebody who is going to be able to carry the staff like we thought he might a couple of years ago. Um, I, I just don't know what Aaron Nola is as a starter. The one thing we were supposed to know is what Zach Wheeler is as a starter. And 
you know, last year he comes off a 14-10 and 10 season with a 2.78 ERA, 247 strikeouts and 213 in the third innings. And, you know, he was dealing with shoulder issues early in spring training. Didn't have much of a spring. So we're going to have to see him bounce back as the month of April starts to come to a close. You know, and we get towards the month of May. You know, right now your ERA leader is Kyle Gibson at 3.09. And I'm talking about out of the starters, you know, who have pitched the, you know, who have pitched the most innings. You know, because you got all, Aaron Nola sitting at 6.75. Zach Eflin's at a 4.50. Ranger Suarez in two starts is at 5.87. And Zach Wheeler sitting at a 9.39 through the first two starts. And now there are two turns through the rotation, and the Phillies are 4 and 6. And again, we know hitting's not going to be the problem, although they haven't hit as many home runs as you think they would. Um, Nick Castellanos, Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Gene Segura are in a four-way tie with two home runs. But, I mean, Kyle Schwarber's betting 139. He's 5 for 36. Bryce Harper is 8 for 37 and 9 RBIs. Bryce is betting 216. Um, you know, Didi Gregorius is betting 265, but he's only got two RBIs. He's 9 for 34. I mean, there are guys who are really, really struggling right now. You know, JT Realmuto has been okay. He's 10 for 34 this year, which is a 294 batting average. But you haven't seen any power out of him. Um, he's only got the one RBI so far. No, I'm sorry. He's got one home run, and he's got two RBIs so far. But, look, it's been a struggle out of the gate. Their offense hasn't been on fire like we thought they would, but they haven't been terrible. They're averaging 4.2 runs per game through the first 10 but it's their pitching that's going to rear its ugly head. And their bullpen, you know, their bullpen's not exactly, you know, sharp either. You know, Damon Jones is a 13.50 ERA. Uh, Connor Brogdon's got a 9 ERA. Jose Alvarado in three appearances is a 6 ERA. Uh, Nick Nelson's got a 6 ERA. Bailey Falter, a 5.68. I mean, these are some ugly numbers. These are some real ugly numbers. And... We knew pitching was going to be an issue for the Phillies this year. And that's why I never thought they were going to be more than a 500 baseball team. And at this point, they'd be lucky to get that. But again, early in the season, you know the lineup's going to hit. You know, you know that they're going, to, um, they're going to show better than what they have so far. Um, and now, test for them. You know, they're, going, they're going to Denver. They got Milwaukee. Um, and they got a home date. They got a home four game series with the Colorado Rockies after that. Um, so the next ten games, you know, you gotta you got you gotta go seven and three. I mean, you gotta start picking it up. I mean, the Rockies, especially at home, the Rockies are a much different baseball team. And the Rockies are off to a very a very strong start so far. You know, they're they're performing uh, above expectation right now. You know, we don't expect the Rockies to be there when it, you know, when it counts late in the season. But at the same time, you know, you have to be concerned if you're the Phillies. Now, you could also say, well, they're going to Coors Field. That should wake their bats up. You would hope. But at the same time, it's like, 
well, your pitching's not great either, and you're poised to give up a ton of runs. And Colorado's pitching hasn't been all that bad either. You know, they're they're four and seven. I mean, I'm sorry, they're four and three on their home field so far. They're six. The Rockies are six and three right now. They scored forty six runs, which for the, which is the second most in the National League West, behind the LA Dodgers. And we will get to the Dodgers in a little bit. Um, but. The Rockies are off to a very nice start. And so for the Phillies, it's going to be it's going to be a big test on them to get it going. Because their pitching is going to have their hands full. So Phillies team number 2 that I'm very concerned about. Uh team number 3 and then we'll move on to some teams that I am very high on so far. Team number 3 is the Texas Rangers. And my god, the Rangers have been awful to start the season. Absolutely awful. They lose eight to three today to the uh, L.A. Angels, and it was a and it was a rough weekend at the park. And you know they they win the opener ten five on Thursday night, and then they lose nine six on Jackie Robinson Day. They lose seven two last night. They lose eight to three today. I mean, and there's a common theme right here. The LA Angels in the series scored 29 runs in four games. Now, I will start by saying that I believe the Angels are going to have one of the better lineups in baseball this year, especially in the American League. Now, we're hoping for good news um, on Mike Trout. He got hit in the hand today, did leave the game. Uh, X-rays were negative. And so he's listed as day-to-day right now. So we're hoping that if he's got to go for an MRI, there's nothing else in there you know, that wasn't shown via the X-ray, like a small fracture that couldn't be detected by the X-ray machine. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a long year for the Rangers if they don't get their pitching together. And their pitching has been absolutely atrocious I mean, they are. I mean, I want to look at team stats for a second. Where can I find? Where can I find the Rangers if I want to go for team stats? That's right, thirtieth, six point one nine team ERA, and they have been an absolute atrocity. I mean, they've given. I mean, they've given up as a team eighteen home runs in eighty innings, fifty five earned runs, you know, fifty nine total runs. I mean, there's not a team in baseball who is a. Only the Nationals have allowed more runs in the Texas Rangers this year. And the Nationals, we expected to be bad. Now, to be fair to the Rangers, we did not have the super high expectations for them, even though they spent all this money in the offseason on Marcus Simeon, on Corey Seager. Um, They really did open up the the paycheck, you know, they opened up the wallet. Uh, they paid John Gray as well, coming over from the Colorado Rockies, but he's been hurt. Um, but their pitching has just been absolutely abysmal. And where does it, you know, where does it lie? Where does the problem lie? I mean, you look at you you look at their starting pitching, and their starting pitching 
has been a mess. Dane Dunning in two starts has a 5.19 ERA. Taylor Hearn, 4.70. Martin Perez, who has been you know a solid member of the rotation for the last couple of years. Um, he is 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA. And then John Gray, again, who's now on the IL, has a 6.75. And, and already, they've had six different starters. Already they've had they've they've had they've already had to put in an extra starter, um, and Spencer Howard was the one that made that extra start, and he got bombed, gave up eight you know gave up six earned runs in three innings. Um, but the Rangers pitching is so bad that they're going to fall out of this race real early. Um, I don't know that Texas is going to be able to climb out of this hole because. I don't know where they're getting pitching from. I don't know where they expect to get good pitching performances. And you, you look at some you look at some of the performances on offense, not necessarily terrible. Um, Marcus Simeon's off to a very bad start though. Five for thirty nine. He only has two RBIs, not a single home run yet. A one twenty eight batting average. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe though. 13 for 35, no home run, six RBIs. He's 371 batting average. Corey Seager's batting 294 with a home run, seven RBIs. So that's not even terrible. Adolis Garcia, he's been rough. Five for 33, uh, which is a 152 batting average. Two homers, five, five RBIs. A lot of the batting averages are pretty low. But, you know, there's a lot more mixed results than you've seen in some of the other teams. And... You know they're gonna have to get it. They're they're gonna have to get their pitching together. I don't know where they turn for pitching. Uh, I know new general manager Chris Young is going to have his hands full on trying to put together a pitching staff that at least looks respectable, because so far they have just been an absolute atrocity. So those are my three early disappointments and three teams that I'm pretty concerned about: are the Yankees, the Phillies, and the Texas Rangers. Now to some of the, some of the teams that I'm getting excited about so far, and that is, you know, and that's the uh, L.A. Dodgers. I mean, and I'm going to group them in with the San Francisco Giants because those two are back again, and they are heading the top of the, the top of the NL West. And I feel like they've done everything right, like. The Texas Rangers appear to be a team doing everything wrong. The Todd, Dodgers be a, the Dodgers are a team that looks like they're doing everything right. The LA Dodgers got an incredible start today from Andrew Haney. Yeah, that Andrew Haney that couldn't get anybody out for the Yankees and Angels over the last couple of years. Andrew Haney today went six innings, allowed one hit, walked three, struck out 11 Reds, and picked up his first victory of the new campaign. He went four and a third against Minnesota, allowed three hits, no runs, and struck out five. So first two starts of the year, Andrew Haney has looked terrific. You know, we talked about Clayton Kershaw's debut with the seven perfect innings. Walker Bueller's been pretty good. Um, Tony Gonsolin... Has looked solid in seven in seven innings and two starts, and they're building him up to be a full you know a full time starter. 
And Julio Urias has been good. You know, the Dodger pitching has been terrific. And they're getting timely hitting. Their lineup is absolutely stacked. I mean, where do you go to get outs? I mean, Will Smith's batting two seventy three. He's got a homer, seven RBIs. Um, six for 22 so far. Trey Turner's batting three sixteen. He's got seven RBIs and a home run. He's 12 for 38 on the year. Um, Gavin Lux is 8 for 29. It, Gavin Lux is 8 for 25 to start the season, which is a 320 batting average. Chris Taylor's batting 333. He's 10 for 30. Uh, Taylor's got six RBIs. Gavin Lux has five RBIs. Justin turns off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, he's 8 for 34. Uh, no home runs yet for JT. Uh, he's got five RBIs. And then Freddie Freeman. Well, Freddie Freeman has yet to hit a home run for the Dodgers. He's 12 for 37, which is a 324 batting average. He's gotten himself three doubles. He's driven in four runs. Um, he's only struck out seven times. So Freddie Freeman's off to a nice start. Um, Mookie Betts and Max Muncie, they're off to a bit of a slow start. Um, even Cody Bellinger's off to an okay start. Batting 250 right now. Uh, 8 for 32, 4 runs scored, a home run in RBI. Uh, but his strikeout numbers are up already, 12 strikeouts. I, I'm still concerned about Cody. But the Dodger lineup right now is not clicking on all cylinders right now. And yes, they've won 6 in a row after dropping the opening series to the Colorado Rockies 2 games to 1. They are a well-oiled machine, right? And when you're a team pitching as well as they are, and, you know, of course... Everything's going to come back to the mean, right? And the Dodgers aren't going to pitch this well all year. And they're not going to be this average at the plate. You know, there's going to be nights where they're going to they're going to break out and everybody's going to get two hits. There's going to be nights where their starting pitching doesn't get the job done. But when I have Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, and Clayton Kershaw at the top of the rotation, um, I certainly feel good. Like... When I when I'm penciling in those names as my starting pitcher, um, I feel good that I have a, that I that I'm going to win tonight. And the fact that they're getting good performances so far from Andrew Haney and Tony Gonsolin furthers the confidence of the of the of this front office and the furthers the confidence for manager Dave Roberts. And look, they're going to be there all year long. The LA Dodgers are going to be one of the one of the one of the few, if not not maybe the only team that wins a hundred games this year. That is, unless the Giants don't cool down. And I just, you know, maybe it's time we give the Giants their due. So this is like a one a a one a one b as National League West rivals and longtime forever hated rivals. But the San Francisco Giants own a team ERA of 2.20. The Dodgers are at 2.28. And it's like these teams are mirroring each other in their success. I mean, Carlos Rodon, their free agent signing in the offseason so far, 21 strikeouts over 12 innings and two starts, a 1.50 ERA. Former Dodger Alex Wood. 1.93 1.93 ERA in nine and a third innings uh, over two starts. Uh, Logan Webb, 
who was a revelation for the San Francisco Giants a year ago. A 1.29 ERA in 14 innings. I mean, they're pitching, and, you know, we're going to see it up close here in the New York area because tomorrow, starting tomorrow, a four-game set at City Field between the New York Mets and the San Francisco Giants. And this is a great test for both teams right now because the Mets are playing good baseball, the Giants are playing great baseball. And the Giants and Mets have both been terrific pitching pitching staffs to start the year. The Giants' bullpen has also been fantastic. So far, I mean, you've gotten two saves out of Camilo Duvall, who it looks like uh, manager Gabe Kapler has penciled in as the team's closer. Now, Jake McGee and Dominic Leone have also recorded saves this year, but I would imagine Camilo Duvall is going to be the team's closer going forward this year. Now his ERA is going to show 5.06. It's going to be higher than normal. But you give up one or two runs you know, early in the season when you're not a starter. Your ERA is going to balloon very quickly. And you're, going to, you're not going to be able to, you know, you'll be able to work it down and work it down more. But, you know, it's, it's going to take a little while unless you're pitching six, seven innings at a time. Um, but the Giants pitching has been fantastic. And, and again, their lineup continues to amaze because here's, a, here's Brandon Belt, a veteran that we thought was over the hill. And, and um, you know, last year he had a terrific year. This year he's batting 345, three home runs, seven RBIs. Um, rookie Joey Bart who we actually saw Joey Bart during the COVID year of 2020 because Buster Posey had opted out to be with his family for the season. And now that Buster Posey has since retired, Joey Bart's taken over as the primary catcher for the Giants. He's off to a nice start, 273, two home runs, four RBIs. Um, There is a concern he struck out 13 times in 22 at-bats, so I think there is a clear hole in his swing. Jack Peterson's off to a nice start, 8 for 22, batting 364, two home runs, two RBIs. Um, and how about Tyro Estrada? Despite being uh, batting 242 currently, uh, he's 8 for 33 right now. He, Estrada scored nine runs, he's homered twice, and he's driven in eight. And he leads the team with eight RBIs. And then you have Brandon Belt with seven, um, you know, out, out of the main the main crew. Now, we've seen a regression so far out of Brandon Crawford, and that's to be expected from an older player. And we've seen a severe regression from, to start the season from Mike Yastrzemski. You know, it seemed like he had bursted on the scene a little bit a couple of years ago. Last year, he wasn't great. And this year, he's off to a rough start as well. So, I don't, I don't know what to make of the Giants yet. But remember, this is a team coming off 107 wins. As a team coming off the best, re- you know, best record in baseball, um, a team that won the National League West away from the LA Dodgers. Um, they lost to the Dodgers in the divisional round. But I don't know what to make of them yet because their offense is a tad concerning at this present moment. And you know, we'll see what happens 
you know, against better pitching, a bit against better against better pitching going forward because, you know, they have not played. Nah, I wouldn't say they've played um, the toughest of schedules uh, to date so far. They just came off of sweeping the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and you know, today they put the bats together, but four one on Friday, four two yesterday, and then an eight one victory today. And by the way, we have an update. Travis Darno just struck out swinging against uh, Taylor Rogers, and we have a final now. The Padres two, the Braves one. So the Bra- so the Padres win Sunday night baseball. They go to six and five. The Braves fall to five and six. Terrific outing tonight from you, Darvish. Um, we'll get you. We'll get you some of those numbers in just a minute. But to finish the point on the Giants, I mean, they opened up against the. Yeah, they opened up against the Miami Marlins. They won two out of three. Uh, they won two out of three against the San Diego Padres. And today they finished off the sweep against the um, Cleveland Guardians. So interesting. Coming up, we'll see where the Giants go. We'll see if the Giants are able to do some damage in New York or if the Mets are able to do some damage or if it's going to be neither and it's going to be a 2-2 split. You know, We'll see what happens. Four-game series upcoming, and there's going to be a lot of interesting notes to take from uh, that series. One thing I will say is what a 180, what a 180 we've done on our opinion of Gabe Kapler because Gabe Kapler looked like a manager who was a deer in the headlights in Philadelphia and he's come to the Giants and he's been very very successful it looks like he's really learned from his mistakes and he's learned from the inexperience he had in Philadelphia and he's with a very good organization and the the San Francisco Giants are an organization that just know what they're doing. You know, they had Bruce Bochy all those years, and now they turn it over to guy to a guy like Gabe Kapler, and Gabe Kapler seems like the perfect fit for this for this franchise right now. And you have to like what you've seen from the San Francisco Giants. So that's team that's team number one A one B, I guess if you will. I guess we could say one two. Um Team number three is the New York is the New York Mets. The New York Mets have been fantastic so far. They have been absolutely on fire to start the year. The Mets are now seven and three after their victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks yesterday. A little bit of a lackadaisical day yesterday, losing three to two to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But they take the series two games to one. I was there on opening day Friday of a nice big ten to three victory. You saw Francisco Lindor homer twice. You saw Starling Marte get his first home run as a Met. And then yesterday, he had his second home run as a Met. And you also got a home run from Robinson Cano on aptly named Jackie Robinson Day, um, celebrating the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier and making his Major League debut, which is another thing we'll touch on before the show ends because I do want to talk about you know, some of the things that I liked from the tribute and some of the things I want crushed because 
And this is nothing to do with Jackie Robinson Day. This is more of a, a team that was put on Apple TV Friday night. But be that as it may, the New York Mets have gotten outstanding starting pitching. I mean, from Chris Bassett, who has given up one run, one run over his first 12 innings and with 14 strikeouts. Carlos Carrasco has looked terrific. Uh, Max Scherzer has been okay. He's been good. Uh, he's 2-0. and But, you know, I feel like the best is still yet to come for Max Scherzer. Tyler McGill has been fantastic. Tyler McGill gets the ball tomorrow for the Mets in the series opener. So you're getting McGill, Scherzer, Chris Bassett, and Carlos Carrasco in the Giants series. Now I have to see who the Giants have lined up. And today, even and even today, you got a good start from David Peterson. He gave you what you needed. He got into the fifth inning. Um, they're working on building him up. The Mets got good news from Taiwan Walker. They're not sure where. He, they said he's going to go on a rehab start soon. It'll be one rehab start. They might have to send him down to Florida just because the weather in New York doesn't look all that great this week. So they're not sure where and when they'll be able to get him in. If they pitch him in a game, you know, for the Syracuse Mets, you know, or for the Bing- or for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, um, they might not be able to with the New York weather this week. So they might have to send him down to St. Lucie to get that start going. And the Mets' starting rotation has been fantastic. And one of the differences from a year ago, because the Mets, the Mets got off to a very good start last year, and the Mets were in first place for over ninety days, on close to a hundred days, but. One of the things that they weren't doing last year is they weren't hitting. And one of the things I compared, uh, if you listen to the Friday Night Sports Report with Tom Bryce, Brad Weiss, uh, with Tom Bryce, Brad Weiss, uh, and Chris Pazaya, the Mets were doing it with smoke and mirrors last year. And, and, you could, and you could even tell in the first eight games sample size, the Mets had only scored 30 runs in the first eight games last year. This year, they were up to 40, uh, I believe it was 42 or 43. And now, through the first 10 games, the Mets have scored as a team 51 runs, which is tied for the Dodgers for the most in the National League. And their offense has looked more comfortable. Pete Alonso, while his average is down at 231 right now, he's 9 for 39. Pete Alonso has three home runs, 14 RBIs. I would like that average to climb a little bit, but... You know, as long, if Pete's driving and runs, the Mets are in good shape, regardless of what the batting average is. Francisco Lindor looks much more comfortable at the plate. And, and this is one thing that I marvel at for the New York Mets. In 10 games, not a single Met has struck out more than nine times. Dominic Smith, Pete Alonso lead the Mets with nine strikeouts. Francisco Lindor in 33 at-bats has struck out five times, and he's walked nine. Okay? And one of the things that has really changed is the approach from hitting coach Eric Chavez. Now, you guys may know Eric Chavez because long time in the big leagues. Mostly with the Oakland A's. Played for the New York Yankees as well. But... A guy who said in the spring 
He wants the, the hitters to have as little information as possible. And what he means by that is he doesn't want to overload their brains with all this analytics. And it's good because you can, you can understand that analytics have their use. They have their purpose. They allow, it allows you to study the numbers and study the pitchers that you're facing. That's all well and good. But when you're in the box... You should have a good understanding of the pitch sequence and you know what it seems like a pitcher would be throwing. But also, understanding your zone. Understanding your comfort zone. And if you get a pitch in your comfort zone, to attack and take advantage of it. You know, Starling Marte has looked very good. 10 for 38 so far, two home runs. He's got 10 RBIs on the team. And he's, you know, he's stolen a couple of bases. You know, batting 263 currently. Brandon Nimmo was batting 363. Well, I'm sorry, 333 uh, prior to hitting the COVID IL. He did not play at all this weekend. But guys are having good at bats. And Buck Showalter put Jeff McNeil in the leadoff spot today, uh, this weekend, with, with Brandon Nimmo out. And Jeff McNeil has responded. He had a home run on his birthday on April 8th. He is 11 for 32 on the season. He's batting 344. Jeff's actually walked five times. And Jeff's not a guy who walks a whole lot. But Jeff McNeil currently has a 447 on base percentage. A home run, four RBIs, four runs scored. Um, and Jeff McNeil has only struck out three times this season in nine, in nine games. I mean, the, the you marvel at the Mets' ability to put the ball in play. Because there's one thing you can guarantee. The defense doesn't got to do any work if you're striking out. And if you're making the defense do work, I mean, and unfortunately the Mets lost this game on uh, Monday night by blowing the game in the eighth inning. But you saw early on what happened every time the ball kept getting hit to Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm made three throwing errors. And you could clearly tell it was in his head. And you could get in a you can get in a fielder's head if they're committing errors. And that's all and that's all stemmed from putting the ball in play. We've seen the Mets use the whole field. And taking advantage of the shift because teams are teams are foolishly putting three guys on the right side of the infield for Jeff McNeil. When Jeff McNeil, at his best, is an all-field hitter. Now you want to say, okay, well, they're putting three three guys on the right side of the infield for Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano is a much bigger pull hitter. But Jeff McNeil, when Jeff McNeil is Jeff McNeil, and he's hitting the way he is right now, he's using the entire field. And it'll be interesting to see what the analytics say for the San Francisco Giants and how they're going to adjust their defense based on hitter. But so far... The Mets are getting timely hits, and they're not truly relying on the home run. Yes, they got guys who can hit home runs. Pete Alonso is three right now. Francisco Lindor has three. Marte's got two. Nemo's got two home runs. Uh, Cano and uh, McNeil each have a home run. But they're not a home run or die kind of offense. And I think that's what is so encouraging. You know, we haven't seen Eduardo Escobar hit a home run yet for the Mets, but he's got five doubles, right? 
So if Eduardo Escobar is going to be a 30-plus double guy, he's still going to hit his 15 to 20 home runs because he, because he knows he can run into a couple. But they're an offense that just keeps the train moving, and they have good at-bats. Again, Lindor's walked nine times. Eduardo Escobar's walked nine times. Uh, even though he's only walked four times so far, we know Brandon Nimmo gets on base by taking a walk. The Mets lineup is just more well-constructed right now. Now, you could say, well, they played the Nationals, the Phillies pitching staff, and the Diamondbacks start the season. Fair. But last time I checked, you play your schedule. You play who's in front of you. And that's really all that's in your control. And so it'll be on, it'll be imperative of the Mets to keep it up going forward, and we'll see how good this team really is going forward, and especially with the series with the Giants coming up. But there's a lot to like from the New York Mets right now. So they're team number three, uh, or or two, if you will, because I wanted to group the um, to group the two the two uh, NL West rivals together. Team num- the last team I want to talk about before I get to a couple closing th- closing thoughts, a couple of notes. Uh, that's the LA Angels, and you know again we talked about their series with the Texas Rangers. They lost they lost the first game, but then they pounded up a total of twenty nine runs in the series to take three out of four from the Texas Rangers. And, and the one game they lost, they got a, pr- a horrendous start from Shohei Otani. So far, it hasn't been all that great on the mound, but he's starting to get it together offensively. Three home runs, seven RBIs, despite a two twenty seven batting average. Um, Mike Trout is two home runs, eight for thirty so far to start the year. Not too t- not too shabby. Uh, Jared Walsh eleven for thirty one. He's batting three fifty five, two home runs, six RBIs. He's been off to a good start. Brandon Marsh is eight RBIs already, uh, six for twenty three so far. They're getting good production up and down the lineup right now, and. Hopefully that the the injury is not serious for Trout, and it seems like Joe Madden is comfortable with saying that's really not not that big of an issue right now. Um, you know, after getting hit on the hand, it was an eighty-one mile per hour slider. Um, yeah, here's from uh, Jeff Fletcher of of the Orange County Register. Covers the Angels. Tweeted out three hours ago saying that Mike Trout is probably not going to play tomorrow per Joe Madden. Trout said he feels better since he got hit, though. He's day-to-day. Said he couldn't see very well because of the shadows. Which made sense because he tweets out a picture as well that the pitcher was completely in the sun. And the batter's box is 100% 100% in the shade. And, you know, that's one of the dangers of playing at, at like, 3, 4 o'clock because... And now, and now their, game, their game started, I think, at... Uh, I think their game started at 3.05 Eastern time, which is 2.05 uh, local time in Arlington. And so, you know, as the shadows are creeping in at, you know, 3.30, you know, 4, 4, 4 o'clock, makes it very tough on the hitter. And it, it's hard if you're not seeing the ball um, coming in from, from the mound. But, you know, one of the things that I've been impressed with so far was no, has been Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, through two starts, has looked terrific. 
Uh, he's got a 1.59 ERA. Now, he's pitched to contact. Only five strikeouts and 11 in a third innings, and that's not something we come to expect from a guy like Noah Syndergaard. You know, you come to expect more of what you see from Shohei Otani. Eight and a third innings, 14 strikeouts. Now, with that being said, Otani got lit up in his last start. And he's so far 0-2 because he got the loss on opening day against the Houston Astros. But so far, the bullpen's been solid, especially Rysel Iglesias, a 2.25 ERA in the first four innings of the season for him. Uh, Reed, uh, Michael Lorenzen in six innings is pretty solid. Um, he's in the starting rotation right now. Um, Aaron Loop has been terrific out of the bullpen, you know, and he's a guy we know from the Mets. But right now, it's going to be about the pitching for them. We know their lineup is going to be good, and they're going to score runs. It's going to be about how good this pitching can be. So I'm really happy to see what the Angels are doing so far, and I look forward to seeing whether or not they can continue on, on this path early on in the season. So that's kind of... So those are the teams that I'm disappointed with. And then this last segment, the teams that I am surprised and happy with so far with, with, with who they are, with how they are playing. Now, a couple, couple of things of note. Uh, Nestor, when we talked about Nestor Cortez earlier, um, in the f- fourth inning, I believe it was, fourth or fifth inning, Nestor Cortez... Through an immaculate inning. He struck an Anthony Santander, Ryan McKenna, and Robinson Chirinos. And actually, he he had four straight strikeouts going back to the last batter of the third inning on 12 pitches. I mean, that is utterly, that's utterly dominant. And Nestor Cortez was, was terrific today. Um, again, unfortunately, the Yankees wasted it by by him not, by them not being able to score any runs. The other thing of note was that Albert Pujols hit home run number six eighty one and is now nineteen shy of the Magic seven hundred. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not he's going to be able to get there. I said on Friday on Friday Sports Report. I don't think he will, but I'm 100% rooting for it. Um, now, again, two home runs in the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, maybe. You know, maybe he does. Because this this is a guy who could still crush left-handed pitching. We know that. And he's not going to be facing a, a ton of right-handed pitchers, you know, at this point in time. But, you know, who's to say... He can't, who's to say when he's facing lefties? Now, to, to, to be fair, there's so many less lefties in the game than righties, but who's to say he can't just crush left-handed pitching? And that's what he's going to do. I mean, right now, if you're looking at the stats, there's only two guys with five, and that's C.J. Crone of the Rockies and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the, of the Blue Jays. And then you get a couple of guys with four, and the guys I mentioned, like Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor with three, and then there's Albert Pujols with tw- with two. So, you know, I, I said his benchmark has to be getting to about twelve by the All Star break, and you know that might that might be a feasible number. It really might. 
And I'm hoping for it. You know, we'll see if he, well, you know, we'll see if he's able to, if he's able to do so. So, I mean, that's certainly a stat to watch. Another thing we're going to be watching, and today's Tigers game got postponed. So Miguel Cabrera did not have any at-bats today. Miguel Cabrera currently sits at 2,995 hits. So it's, it's possible by the next time we talk on Wednesday, he will have gotten his 3,000th hit. If not, we're going to talk about it next weekend. I mean, Miguel's a guy who's in the lineup every day. Um, you know, the, the Tigers have him penciled in as their everyday DH. And we'll see when he gets to... When he gets to, when he gets to the three thousand uh, the three thousand hit mark. Now looking ahead, and this is the and this is going to be my closing my closing segment here. Looking ahead for uh, the Yankees and Tigers, um, they're off day tomorrow, and then on Tuesday it will be Garrett Cole pitching for the Yankees. On Wednesday, it'll be where are it'll be Luis Severino, and on Thursday, the Yankees have Jordan Montgomery. So you're looking at Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, and Jordan Montgomery, and we'll see if during the Yankees Tigers series, Miguel Cabrera gets home run number three thousand. Now. One thing, and I'm and I'm gonna try to do some homework and I'm do some research, but I wonder if anybody has ever hit a home run for home for hit number one, hit number one thousand, hit number two thousand, and hit number three thousand. The reason why I bring that up is because Miguel Cabrera's first career hit was a home run. His one thousandth career hit was a home run. His two thousandth career hit was a home run. Will his 3,000th hit be a home run? We've seen guys like Alex Rodriguez. We've seen guys like Derek Jeter. Their 3,000th hit was a home run. And there's been a select few only in baseball history that have had the fortunes of hitting a home run for their 3,000th hit. So we're on Pujols' watch. That's going to take a little longer. The more imminent one is Miguel Cabrera and 3,000 hits. And we'll see if we're able to witness Miggy 3K. So, I mean, we, you know, we saw him hit his 500th home run at the end of last year. And, you know, that was a special scene. I mean, there's a guy ticketed for Cooperstown. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, one of the more feared right-handed hitters. Maybe the most feared right-handed hitter of the 21st century. So, got about a minute to go. Um, you know, again, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. We will... Maybe come on with 3,000th hit talk. We might not. Um, maybe it'll be, ha- maybe you'll, you'll be watch. It'll be, the watch will be live. I would say probably unlikely since both teams have an off day Monday. But, you know, don't forget this podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, you can also hear us on the Sokoa Media app. And once the, File is turned over to Tom Bryce. He will put it on Sportswire Radio, and you could hear it worldwide on his radio station. You can catch me every Friday night on his Friday Night Sports Report. 
um, with the guys that I mentioned before. And you know, we get into a lot of great sports conversations. You know, we talk we talk plenty of baseball, but we talk more than we talk more than baseball as well. So, you know, again, we'll talk to you on Wednesday, everybody. And have a good night.